Well, hello and welcome. It's lovely to see you and it's time for a brand new episode of the Fun Kids Science Weekly. You've stumbled upon the smartest show in the history of the universe. Seriously, we've done all the studies, we've done all the surveys, we've asked all around the galaxies and everyone says, Martians included, that this is the greatest show they've ever heard. Now, my name's Dan. Thank you for joining me on this tour around the solar system. We'll search out all the serious science stuff that's lurking within. This week, we'll chat to the amazing author, Paul Cross, all about his new book, which looks at some of the grossest things inside your body. What actually is a bogey? And why are we so fascinated by them? This is the really fun part of this book. It's obviously the, the body is so fascinating, but there's also quite some gross elements to it. Our bodies can be quite gross, thinking about poo, thinking about bogeys and pus. So bogeys are... Also this week, you can hear from an absolute gadget genius, Techno Mum. She is back. And this time, telling us all about how things are designed. Spin the wheel! And the category is design. Your time starts now. Your first question. Why is design important in technology? Well, that's an easy one. And I've got your questions too. This week they are on blood and fast creatures and what makes them so speedy. You can find out more in a brand new episode of the Fun Kids Science Weekly. Let's kick off with this week's science in the news. NASA, the American space people, made history the other day. They launched a rocket from a spaceport outside the USA for the first time. It was from Australia, off a normal patch of red, dusty dirt in the outback. And it was the first launch in Australia for more than 25 years. And it will help scientists do tests that can only normally be undertaken from the southern hemisphere. Also, staying in space, a spacecraft measuring the greenhouse effect in its greatest ever detail is being built here in the UK. It's being built in Stevenage, just outside of London. It's part of something called the Forum Project, and it will study infrared radiation coming up through the planet's surface, which will help experts figure out where the planet is getting hotter. And finally, a new study has completely changed how scientists think of old humans. Fossils found in South Africa of ancient cave people are one million years older than we thought. So just a a little difference there. And it's reshaped how scientists think humans evolved and that maybe there were human-type creatures around 3.7 million years ago. It's time for a brand new episode from Professor Hallux. You'll remember him. He's one of our favourite geniuses on the show. We heard a series over the last few weeks that were looking inside your body, uh, at all your organs, all your arms and your legs and your blood, checking out what made you sick and then who made you better again. This series is all about what's going on inside your mouth because Professor Hallux's uncle Halitosis is celebrating his 100th birthday and in his honour Hallux is making a pop-up digital dental depository kind of like an oral help desk a check-in site for what's going on inside your mouth and this week he's looking at why you need to clean your teeth in the first place Professor Hallux's digital dental depository with support from Philip Sonicare 
What are you working on, Professor? You remember my dear old Uncle Halitosis? The dentist? That's right. It's nearly his 100th birthday, and in his honour, I'm creating a pop-up digital dental depository. An oral health help desk, if you like. I'm going to see how many questions all about teeth I can answer against the clock. Give us a hand, will you, Nanobot? Just needs winding up. Here you go. You can ask the questions. OK, first question. Why do we need to clean our teeth? Well, that's easy. The food and drink that you eat encourages germs called bacteria to grow in our mouths and on your teeth. Left to their own devices, this bacteria can form a soft yellow substance on your teeth. This is called plaque, and plaque can damage the surface of your teeth, eating away at the enamel, causing decay and toothache. Not forgetting gum disease. Or bad breath. Strong start, Professor. Next question. How often should you brush your teeth and for how long? You should brush your teeth after breakfast and after supper before you go to bed. Two minutes twice a day. To help make sure you're giving each tooth the best clean possible, most electric toothbrushes have a two-minute timer. And you need to remember to clean every part of your teeth. So that's brushing the inside surfaces, the outside surfaces, the chewing surfaces, and not forgetting the gaps between your teeth. It's a good idea to brush at a 45-degree angle to your teeth, starting at the gum line, and then using a gentle circular motion, move your brush up and down each tooth. Well done, you're doing grand. Oh, tricky question, this one. True or false? You should rinse your mouth with water after brushing your teeth. Ha! A trick question. You might think you should rinse your mouth out after brushing your teeth, but you shouldn't. It'll only wash away the concentrated fluoride in any remaining toothpaste, reducing its preventative effects. Better hurry. Just a couple more to go. Mouthwash or not? Yep. Mouthwashes are helpful. Although make sure you use one which is appropriate for your age and choose one with fluoride. It can be a good idea to use mouthwash at a different time of the day to when you brush your teeth. So say use a mouthwash after lunch. But remember, don't eat or drink for 30 minutes after using a fluoride mouthwash or otherwise the benefits are washed away. Flossing. Give us the lowdown. Well... Flossing isn't just for dislodging food wedged between your teeth. Regular flossing can help reduce the risk of gum disease and bad breath by removing plaque that forms along the gum line. There are loads of ways to floss. From dental tape and interdental brushes to the very latest technology where you use bursts of air and water or mouthwash to blast between the gaps. And did you know, it's best to floss before brushing your teeth. And finally, for a bonus point, what about toothpicks? Definitely avoid wooden toothpicks. They can splinter and cause damage to your gums. Time's up. Brilliant, Professor. A very respectable score there and lots of dental data for the Digital Dental Depository. Professor Halix's Digital Dental Depository with support from Philip Sonicare. Find out more at funkidslive.com slash Halix. Let's get to your questions then. 
as always, and we do it every week. I love getting questions from all around the world about all different types of science. So it doesn't matter where you are, where you live, you can send me a question. You could be anywhere from Antarctica to Zanzibar. Doesn't matter. Just find our podcast, the Fun Kids Science Weekly, on Apple Podcasts, and then you can leave us a review. Find the podcast there. There's a little comment box at the bottom. That's where you leave your question. Give us five stars and leave your name as well so I can say hello. If you can't get to Apple Podcasts, then you can figure out how to do it using the contact page for me on funkidslive.com. This week, our first question comes from Keo, who is 10, who wants to know, what is in our blood? Well, blood, Keo, I've done all the digging about this. Blood is made of cells and plasma. Plasma is actually a state of matter. You've got gas, solid, liquid, and then plasma. It's something completely different. It's a yellow fluid, and it's got nutrients and proteins and things that keep you alive. Also in the blood, you've got different types of blood cells, which have different jobs. Red cells carry oxygen. They move it around to different parts of your body that need it to stay alive, to keep muscles moving and to keep your brain working. You've got white blood cells as well. They're part of the immune system. We might have heard of those over the last few years, a lot more with all the lockdowns. They help fight bacteria. Also in your blood, you've got platelets. They're tiny cells. They're oval-shaped, slightly spherical, and they help clog up your blood when you are bleeding. A lot of blood chat in that, so let's move on. Thank you for that question, Keo. Uh, next this week is from Isla, who's eight years old, who wants to know, why are cheetahs so fast? Uh, there are many reasons for this. They're very light. They're very light. It means they can zip along the ground. They can move nimbly through the air. They've also got small heads and long legs, which propel them along and it nip them through the air with little resistance. They've got a flexible spine as well, which means that they can fully reach out. They can really extend to make the most use of that speed. Now, their claws never properly retract. They don't fully go in, unlike other big cats. And that helps them get a good grip on the ground so they can launch forward. So that's what's going on with their bodies, with their limbs, but they need a lot of energy, and they need to use that energy well to get to top speed and to keep going. To help this out, they've got wide nostrils that help them get lots of air into big lungs, and they've got really strong hearts. They're very good with the cardio cheaters, and it helps them push blood to their legs and to keep them going at top speed for quite a long time, actually, Isla. So thank you for the question, and if you've got something sciencey that you desperately want answered on the show, let me do the digging for you. I'll become the detective just leave it as a review for the Fun Kids Science Weekly over on Apple Podcasts. It's the Fun Kids Science Weekly. Now, this week, we're taking a look in your head, inside your body, and up your nose, too. <laughs> talking about a brilliant brand new book. It's called Bodies, Brains, and Bogies. It's by Paul Ian Cross, a fantastic scientist who joins us now. Paul, thank you for being there. Thank you so much for inviting me on. How did you start researching this the body and the brains and all the bogeys there's a lot going on how did you know the first place to look i work in clinical research so i i basically develop medicines for for different diseases and so i already had had an interest in science and then i was just i read an article about how evolute how we evolved and actually the reason our bodies work the way they do today is due to millions of years of evolution and it kind of got me fascinated so i started doing research about it looking at how we've evolved over all these millions of years. And then, yeah, that's where the book came from. It started to happen. So looking at evolution, 
uh, just to take you back in time a little bit with all you know, when did the humans that we are today, when did we first start being in this form? When, when did we first start being straight up, standing straight, walking, running with bodies, brains and bogeys? Yeah, so our ancestor, ancestors are around three or four million years old. And then that's kind of where we started to develop cognition. So thinking and how to use tools and so forth. The earliest tools from about two or three million years ago. But I'd say humans that we are now, um, as in Homo sapiens, probably about 100,000 years. But humans as we know have only been here 100,000 years or so. And that's pretty mind-blowing, Paul. Absolutely. It's not actually that very long, is it, on the, on the evolutionary scale? Thinking about dinosaurs who were around 65 million years ago. So, yeah, we're not, we've not been around for long, really. And you must have learned so much for the book. With everything that you discovered, with millions of years of evolution, how did you know what to pick and include in the book that we can read? That's such a good question. Actually, I really struggled with that. I kind of, there's so many facts to put in. I wanted to put it all in. And actually, it's just not possible to put everything in. So you have to be really kind of careful about you know, cutting it down to make sure you can actually fit it into the book. So I just kind of made sure that I had a, a narrative, so a kind of story behind it explaining where we came from, why we got to where we are. And the first few chapters are really about how we evolved to be what we are now. And the rest of the book was about literally how we are now. So our brains, our digestive system, our nervous system, all those kind of things. Now, through the book, there are a, a quite a lot of little puzzles, little bits of trivia that we can pick up on. So I wonder how well you remember your story. Uh, what makes your heart make a noise? It's the um, uh, blood moving through the um, through the heart, so through the valves. It's like a lud a lud dud sound. Yep. What part of your body is hard as a rock? That's your skeleton and your skull. That's amazing, isn't it? Also, uh, how many times does our heart beat a day, roughly? Oh, goodness. I can't remember that one. Good one. <laughs> a lot. It's around 100,000 times a day. I should have known that number. It's the same number as the years we've been around. There you go. Which, which is the amazing symmetry when we're here talking about this, isn't it? Um, tell me about bogeys then. The, the book is Bodies, Brains and Bogeys. I know very little about them. What actually is a bogey and why are we so fascinated by them? So this is the really fun part of this book is obviously the, the body is so fascinating, but there's also quite some gross elements to it. Our bodies can be quite gross, thinking about poo, thinking about bogeys and pus. So bogeys are basically forms in the nose um, to basically block microorganisms, so bacteria, viruses, fungi, from getting into our nasal passages. So it's basically um, mucus. Our bodies secrete this. I know to secrete the mucus from the cells to basically block those microorganisms from getting inside our nose. Why does the form of a, a bogey change over time? Sometimes you might pull out like quite a slimy, slippery thing. Other times you, you might pull out like a big round glob of brown, green and hair. What's going on? That's a good question. It's all about the, the levels of moisture, the levels of water in the mucus. So when you secrete mucus, it's obviously got high, high, high amounts of water in it. So it's going to be sloppy and slimy. Um, with time, maybe within a few hours or a, few, or a day, it starts to dry out and that becomes crumbly. So that's why it kind of changes the consistency of bogeys. And is there any harm in us eating them? There is actually. Doctors don't recommend eating your bogeys. <laughs> really? <laughs> um, just, we'll stay with grossness because this body is full of grossness. Why do we fart? That is actually due to, again, due to microorganisms in our guts. So when we eat food and the food is broken down, the bacteria in our gut 
um, release gases. And so we have to get rid of that gas, and that's how we fart. And, and sometimes they're, they're quite loud, and other times they're silent but violent. What, what makes the... Uh... What makes why does some fart smell different than others, and why can some person's fart be just awful, and yours uh, maybe like a pleasant perfume? It's just, it's all going to depend on what they've eaten, and also what's what their kind of microbiome is. That's the, that's a word for the kind of different types of cells in the uh, microorganisms in the gut. So different types of bacteria. As the bacteria release gases, the, the gases are going to be different depending on how they're broken down and how many there are. And so everybody's microbiome is different. We're going to have different bacteria in our, in our guts compared to each other. And so, yeah, some people have smellier ones, unfortunately. <laughs> what was the most disgusting, gross thing that you learned while researching this book? There's actually a crab that is, gets infected by this kind of um, pa- uh, parasite, which lays its eggs inside the crab. And then the crab bursts open and releases the parasite. It's pretty gross. So a lot of the, I was doing um, research about um, how different animals reproduce, and this parasite uses a crab to reproduce. It's pretty gross. That's disgusting because all the parasite is then going to do is do it all over again. Like there's no yeah. point to it. It's just yeah. it's just d- blowing one crab up and then going into another. Surely, exactly. And that's it. It's really sad for the crabs, obviously. Oh, I, I've got. One last disgusting question, if you can answer it. Um, and this is awful. Why is poo like green and brown? Why is it not purple and, and pink? Oh, I don't know. It's probably, again, due to the different um, bacteria in the guts to do with the food that's kind of being broken down. Yeah. Green poo. I've not seen green poo before. My <laughs> <green>. <laughs> I guess it depends what you're eating. Listen, seriously, in this book, if you've enjoyed a little bit of poo chat, you can turn to page 155 and you've got a nice diagram of all the different shapes and sizes they come in, which is revolting but brilliant. Uh, listen, it's been an absolute treat to chat to Paul Ian Cross. The new book is Bodies, Brains and Bogies. Paul, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for inviting me on. It's time for Dangerous Dan, where we look at the meanest and the cruelest and the strangest things in the universe. This week, we're learning all about one of the oddest looking creatures in the sea. It's called the Bowmouth Guitarfish. Now, to start off, what a name, come on. The Bowmouth Guitarfish, loving that. Uh, it's not a normal fish. It's not a normal guitar either. It looks a bit like a shark, but it's actually a ray, like a, like a stingray. They've got a long, thinned tail, and that gives it the look of a shark. It's got pointy things all over. Now at the front, you've got two fins off to either side, a bit like a plane, with a huge, wide, semicircular head with a massive mouth on that. If you look at from the top, uh, they look a bit like a, a guitar, which is how they get the name. You'll find them low to the sand at the bottom of the oceans around Japan and Australia, and they can grow very long, up to three meters. Now, it's got thick, flat teeth that crush the shells of the prey that it eats, and it usually floats around uh, searching out crustaceans and mollusks, kind of small shelly beasts that lurk around the ocean. And it will stun them with sharp blows with its huge head, and then it sucks them in... A bit like a hoover, gobbling them up. And it's a stunningly strange creature with 
a fantastic name. Come on, let's tell the truth. And for that reason, the Bowmouth Guitar Fish goes straight on to our Dangerous Dan list. It's time to catch up with Techno Mum now. She's one of our favourites on the show. She is a gadget genius. She knows everything about uh, the games that you play, the consoles that you play them on, the tablets that might be in your hand. She'll know everything about what you're using to listen to me right now. And she answers all of your tech questions. Uh, This week, it's all about design. She's taking part in in an exciting new show. It's testing her knowledge. It's tech trivia, all about how some of the most amazing new tech discoveries came about. And this week, it's all about how things look. Techno Mums Tech Trivia with the Institution of Engineering Technology. Welcome back to Tech Trivia, the game show that tests the technical talents of our tremendous contestants. And playing this week, it's Techno Mom! Hi, great to be here. Now I know you're keen to show us how brainy you are, so get ready, set, and spin the wheel! And the category is Design! Your time starts now. Your first question. Why is design important in technology? Well, that's an easy one. Anything that's engineered, whether it's a space-age mattress or a smartwatch, they all have a job to do. And design helps ensure that products do their job in the most efficient way, as well as looking and feeling nice. Like if you pick up a tablet computer, chances are you'll know how to use it without being shown. You're not a genius, or you might be, but that's not the reason why. Designers have worked hard to make these gadgets super easy to use, from the choices of buttons to click to its colour and weight. Making gadgets feel nice in your hand or look attractive means that more people will want to use them. Design is super creative. A strong start, Techno Mum. Next question. Give us an example of some dazzling design. Well, what about the Google Virtual Reality Viewer? It looks just like a bit of flat cardboard. But when it's used with a smartphone and a clever app, the cardboard can be folded into a personal VR viewer. How amazing is that? Definitely cool enough for another point. Final question now, and it's a tough one. Name some cool design jobs, as many as you can now, before you run out of time. Mm, Okay, well, there's computer game designers. Who wouldn't want to do that? Making the game look exciting so people will want to join in. And it's not just games which need designing. What about the devices? Designers have to think about the responsiveness of the screen, as well as its size, weight, and how much power it uses. And if you like games in the real world, what about a roller coaster designer? Just think, you could invent a ride that's bigger, higher, scarier than any roller coaster that's ever been made before. Oh, here's an amazing job. Some people are medical engineering designers. They create actual body parts out of human tissue. You definitely want a good designer in charge of something like that. Imagine if they made you a new ear that was all big and floppy. Your glasses would fall off. I have to stop you there. Strong start, Techno Mum. And with that stunning performance, you're through to the next round. Ooh, I could have gone on for ages. So make sure you join us tomorrow for the next round of Tech Trivia. Techno Mum's Tech Trivia with the Institution of Engineering Technology. Find out more at funkidslive.com slash techtrivia.
And that is it for this week's Fun Kids Science Weekly. Thank you so much for listening. If there is a question that you want answered, doesn't matter what it's about. I mean, it needs to be about science. Come on. But it doesn't matter what it's about as long as it's sciencey, And it doesn't matter where you live in the world. I'd love to get questions from all over the place. Just find Apple Podcasts, find the Fun Kids Science Weekly on there, and then leave your question as a review. While you're on Apple, you can hear loads more of the brilliant podcasts that we make. We've got tons about all topics and all subjects, loads of stuff for you to learn. You can find them on the free Fun Kids app and at funkidslife.com as well. And Fun Kids, we are a children's radio station from the UK. Listen to us all around the country on your DAB digital radio and over at funkidslive.com.